Hi, welcome to the Ask Pastor Dennis podcast. This is episode 14, and this week our question is, what does it mean to abide in Christ? I know a lot of people might have this question, or when you're going through a hard time, your friend is just like, well, just abide in Christ. And it can like sound like all this Christianese and things like that, and that's the heart that this question is coming from. And so we want to be able to answer that. So here's Pastor Dennis with his answer. Okay, good question. Um, I'm going to kind of answer this in, in, in three ways, okay? Um, I think in its simplest understanding, to abide um, in Christ really just means to remain in Him, meaning do not depart from Him. Do not forsake Him. Do not abandon Him. Do not disown Him. Do not recant your faith, right? Remain in Christ, and that's a, that's a command, right? Um, and, you know, I think that's pretty important. I, you know, there's you know, theology running around that says, like, it's impossible for you to fall away from Christ. I, I think this is one of the, one of the most important passages that says, no, it's very possible. And if you, if you do not remain in me, then you get, you know, chopped off the tree and thrown into the fire, is what Jesus says. So I, I think, you know, this is a warning that we must remain in him, that that's to be our ultimate priority, right, is to remain in Christ, not to, to leave him or forsake him. And again, getting back to Hebrews chapter 3, do not let your heart grow hardened by sin, right, but encourage one another, right, so that we don't forsake Christ, right, and that is the entire subject of the book of Hebrews, right, where he's trying to encourage them, have courage, even though you're being persecuted right now, have courage, do not forsake Christ. So in its simplest way, that is what it means to remain. Now, you know, as is common with Jesus, I think his words carry multiple levels of meaning, right? So a second level of meaning, I would argue, is this, he gets into this idea of, and this is in um, John chapter 15, of his words abiding in us, right? And if his words abide in us, then we'll bear much fruit, right? And, um, you know, I think that speaks of intimacy, Right, I think that speaks of intimacy. His words abiding us—it's—it's it's the same idea from Psalms um, one, right? The one who meditates on the law of God day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water, bears its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, everything he does prospers. Right? I think that's the same idea. He's drawing from that idea in Psalms chapter one of the one who meditates on his word, right? Who and then in Psalms you know one nineteen, the one who hides his word. Um, in his heart so that he may not sin against it. This, this idea of Jesus as the living word of God, the logos, you know, that he is the word that proceeds from God. He's the embodiment of it, you know, the incarnation of the word of God. And and that word has to abide in our hearts. How does it abide in our hearts? Right, through study, through meditation, and ultimately through obedience, right? And that's the idea that Jesus brings up as we go further along through John chapter 15, that first section. He's going to say, if you obey my commandments right? Then you will abide in me, right? If you obey my commandments. And then he says, and my command is this, that you love one another. So all of this is is linked together, and it is kind of nebulous, but they all link together, right? And that's the important part here. So the idea is that we must prioritize the word of God, studying it, memorizing it, learning it, so that it's thriving within our hearts. And what I mean by that is so that we have passion to obey it, Right, it, and it's easy for us to lose that track when we, when we, let prior when we let intimacy become the third or fourth or fifth or sixth priority in our lives. Then what naturally happens is we start losing passion 
for obedience to God, right? We start losing vision for it. And then what happens is for a while, we're just trying to be faithful, but we have no vision. We start getting resentful and that leads to burnout, right? Burnout um, just means that you've lost the priority of intimacy in your life, right? So it means you've got to get back to that place of intimacy. It's very easy for all of us to let ministry become the priority, become an idol in our lives. That is a that is a danger for every Christian who's serious about their faith, right? Because what naturally happens is when we have intimacy with Jesus, his words are filling up our hearts and we want to obey them. And that leads to ministry because God cares for people. So he sends us to care for them and to help them and to encourage them and to minister to them, right? Um, but when we lose the, the, the priority of intimacy, then what happens is we're just working for people, but without, we, it's like a tree that's become disconnected from the ground, right? For a little while, you still look fruitful, right? But you need to dig back in, right? And get the healthy parts right, get your roots reconnected to Jesus, right? And that's that's the idea here. It's prioritize intimacy. And then Jesus links that idea of prioritizing intimacy with him with loving other parts of the body. Right, and this is a this is another theme that's throughout Scripture. This idea that the body of Christ is inseparable from Christ Himself. That if you love Jesus, you have to love the church. Right, that the two are linked. Right, and so when we do that, when we prioritize intimacy with Him, and then we prioritize as a second priority, we're going to love other believers. Then what happens is it creates a healthy a healthy spirituality that bears much fruit and that it's fruit that remains. It's fruit that lasts. And that's the last part of, of this section in John chapter 15. I think that's a big important um, point because a lot of fruit um, does not last, right? This is when, when we work more out of a need to, you know, work for God rather than be intimate with him then what happens is we bear a lot of fruit. There's a lot of things that happen. You can build big organizations, right? You can build, you know, big meetings, right? All these things that look really fruitful. Um, But honestly, I've just seen so many times in my life, a lot of times it's fruit that does not last because it's not built on intimacy. And you're doing what you think is right to do for God rather than responding in simple obedience to the convictions that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart. Right? And that's what happens whenever we stray from the priority of intimacy. We start to work and labor for things that are not lasting fruit. Because you know the, the beauty of, of, of intimacy is that um, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. When we're just obeying God, then it, ministry is relatively easy. I say relatively because it's not easy, easy, right? But it's relatively easy. Why? Because God's doing all the heavy lifting. Right? There's a difference when you're trying to minister to somebody and you're doing everything you could think of and you're trying to help them and love them and you're and they're still unhappy, right? Versus where the, whether man, you just tell them one simple thing that God put on, on your heart and it completely transformed their their lives. Yeah. Right? That's where God's doing all the heavy lifting and you're just playing such a small role in that. And that's really, I think, you know, the biblical paradigm of ministry, it's where God's doing all the work, right? It's the anointing, it's its the supernatural grace that's on your life to see God bear the majority of fruit, and you're just following in simple obedience, right? That's, um, that's what it's all about. That's what we all want to get to, and we do that by making sure that we prioritize intimacy and relationship with him. And, um, you know, it's not a bad thing to burn out, okay? It's not a bad thing, because if you burn out, you should burn out. 
<laughs> you should lose your ministry. You should lose your Bible study. You should lose your small group or whatever else is that you're leading. You should lose those things because it's far more important that you come back to a place of intimacy with Jesus so you can start bearing fruit that lasts, right? So it's not necessarily a terrible thing that we burn out, um, but if we develop a, a, a healthy um, priority for the place of intimacy, then um, then ministry will be enjoyable for us. Our relationship with God will be enjoyable, you know, and um, and we'll and we'll bear great fruit in our lives. Yeah, awesome answer. I already want to go spend time with Jesus. <laughs> um, but something that I run into um, when trying to answer this question is people always ask, like, "Well, how do I open my heart to God?" Um, and I maybe have a harsher response of just like, "Well, how do you open your heart?" to that boy or how do you open your heart to that girl like you already know how to open your heart i feel like you just don't want to do it with god right um but i'm sure pastor dennis has a lot a lot better answer than me so let's let's hear what he has to say (laughs) well i I, you know I, i think you're essentially right right you're essentially right it's opening up your heart it's wanting intimacy Right, I think there's a couple things that that go into that you know when we're pursuing intimacy just practically speaking um I think, number one, people don't have confidence that they can have intimacy with God because he's so different, right? We don't know how to hear his voice um, and all that. And, and I get that. It is harder to have intimacy with God. It absolutely is. Um, and I, I remember I spent a year um, praying almost every day, God, I want to hear your voice. I want, help me to hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. Um, and eventually I got really bitter about it because I was like, God, I've been really faithful in this and I still can't hear your voice. And I, I get it. I get why people struggle with pursuing intimacy. It is not easy to do um, because you have to become like God. Um, but those who keep on asking receive, those who keep on seeking um, find, right? And that is a principle. If you stick with it, you will develop intimacy with God. Um, it will just force you to become like him. And um, so I'll, I'll say that as number one. Number two, um, when we're opening up our hearts to God, I think a lot of people do struggle with this idea of, well, you know, I can't just be honest with God because, you know, if I'm complaining or if I hate him or I hate life or I hate this friend, I can't be honest about that. He doesn't want to hear that. He wants to hear I'm thankful and, you know, like, you know, and so we feel like we can't be honest with God because he doesn't, um, he's, he's always commanding us to be somebody who's perfect, right? And um, and there is some truth there, but I, I would give this tip, you know, um, true intimacy is this. It's opening up your heart about the honest way that you feel. Um, and then reaffirming the truth, right? And so you see that in a lot of the Psalms, right? You see in a lot of Psalms, you know, David or whoever the psalmist is, is starting off saying, you know, God, why? Why do the wicked, you know, thrive? Why, why are they you know, doing so well and I'm doing so poor? God, why, you know, why um, am I allowed to suffer like this, right? Why? And he's just expressing the honest, honest um, feelings of his heart. And that's really important. But you'll almost always notice by the end of the Psalm, he's in praise, right? By the end of the psalm, he's he's saying, he's re-expressing confidence, God, even though I don't understand why this is happening right now, God, I know that you hear my prayers, and I know that you are good, and I know that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? And I know that surely goodness and mercy will follow after me all the days of my life, right? And I know he's reaffirming praise and confidence in God, and I think that's the right way to do it. Be honest with God. Open up about your heart, about how you really feel, but then recognize in humility you don't see everything, right? You don't know what God has planned for your future. And even though you know his ways tend to be slower than we want, right, um, 
in confidence, um, we can still say, God, even though here I am in a place of suffering, um, even though sorrow lasts for the night, I know joy comes in the morning, God. I know that you're going to be faithful, that you're going to take care of me, that you are going to provide for me, that you are going to be faithful, you are going to defend me, you are going to restore to me everything that's been broken. You are going to heal everything that the enemy has destroyed. You're going to do all of that, and we reaffirm our confidence in God, and that's a really powerful way um, to grow in intimacy with him. Wow, awesome. All right, well, now we have no excuse. You know everything. You know how to abide. You know what it looks like to open your heart. And I love how Pastor Dennis just referred us to the Psalms. That's something that really opened my heart and my eyes to like, oh, this is what intimacy looks like. It's okay if I, you know, at times I feel rebellious or I feel angry or I feel confused and to just honestly express that. And so um, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you for bringing in your questions. We love to answer your questions. If you have any more questions, please email us at burningtreetkc at gmail.com. I'm your host, Nick King, and this is it. Bye.